Hello! This is How to Japan. On this episode, we are covering Japanese news for the end of 2020. What a year 2020 has been, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been such a wonderful year. It's oh, one of the best. It's it's everyone's favorite. By far. It is. It's been uh it's been a year which many want to see the back of. Mm. But it's arbitrary, right? When you talk about a year, it's because people think, oh, once we get into 2021, it's going to be a lot easier. But I'm thinking, well, we saw the, vac- the vac- vaccines. I think the UK, mm-hmm. the UK has finally approved it. Right, right. Yeah, uh, one, one of the vaccines anyway. Mm. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a year where, when a lot of shit happened. But I think that, the, though it might seem arbitrary, I, I think humans need that like passing of the torch from one thing to the next. I think that's why people have wedding ceremonies and graduation ceremonies and all these th- kind of things like these markations. I know those are more specific, but even though it's a year, it it can feel like, oh, maybe things are going to feel better because mm. time has passed. And I think it's interesting. and. Uh, not to get too highfalutin about it, but even like at the end of a year in Japanese high school where the the year ends in March and then the, the following year starts in April and it's only a two-week period where kids have a break. But I, I noticed that kids seem to act differently. A lot of kids mature in two weeks. mm because they recognize the end of one thing and the beginning of another. And so mm. I, I think it were maybe humans are built to adjust to time demarcations. And without those, it would be more difficult to turn a new leaf or whatever the hell. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it is arbitrary, but somehow it gives us us uh, an out to make things feel better even though you know the coronavirus is going to continue but somehow maybe we'll look feel more optimistic about things well it's not going to continue in new zealand Mm -hmm. we snuffed it out yeah i wish i was recording this podcast while i'm in new zealand but but i'm not i'm in japan and this podcast is about japan that's right but on the topic of, let's start off with COVID. Okay. In Japan. Right. Uh, I've read some stories throughout the year about Japan's response to it. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they fell backwards into mm-hmm. dealing with it yeah. the way they have right. uh, through wearing masks because Japan is a country where in winter or even if you have a cold, people wear masks. It's a uh, cultural... It's customary. Uh, it is. It's something which people do without without thinking. It's, right. uh, it's subconscious at this point. You have mm. a cold, you put on a fucking mask because that's how many of these colds are transmitted. Mm. Aerosol droplets. Which mm. just so happens how uh, this COVID is transmitted. 
Mm. So they did. They did. They fell backwards into dealing with it in a pretty effective way. Mm. But I would argue that overall, it's been a fucking shitty response. Right. What's uh, what say you? It's hard to say because I mean, one of the I think one of the complaints maybe from a lot of foreigners in Japan would be that compared to their home countries, say America, where I'm from, the testing has been very scant so it's hard to say what whether or not the official numbers are representative be that as it may it seems as though where i live that people are going about their days and their daily lives without much impedance there are different clusters that are occurring in in different places like there would be a cluster of 20 people or 10 people here or there but even in the whole prefecture that I live in there might be as many uh, a big day would be like 50 and in the city I live in a big day would be like 10 and compared that to America that's like a drop in the bucket so and it seems as though people are not freaking out and Perhaps with good reason. I'm not really sure. But then again, we don't really know what because of the testing is is very, very limited. We don't really know how far it's spread. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. What about you? I was always curious because uh, a number of publications in Japan would talk about the number of people who have been infected. You Mm -hmm. have it. It it oscillated from a hundred to three hundred to five hundred, then back to three hundred cases. But then this is from the people who were tested. Mm-hmm. They were talking about thousands. Of, I mean, just just thousands in a country of a hundred over a hundred million people. Right. And you got twelve million in the greater Tokyo area. Right, and there's only a few thousand tests being conducted. That, to me, over the course of this year, has been um, very difficult for me to understand. Because you may find 500 cases one day, but then how how is that an accurate reflection on the number of people who actually are asymptomatic who have not gotten tested? Mm-hmm. Some people could recover and still have infected 5, 10, 20, maybe more people if they're in izakayas or bars. You could have uh, still had a very detrimental impact on people around you without knowing it. And because tests are so difficult to get, I think I mentioned this before, um, maybe, I don't remember if I did to you or not, but there's, uh, at one point a few months ago, you had to pay 200 or 300 American dollars to even get tested mm. at a, at a um, because that was the only way to know because most of the most of the prescriptions from these doctors who you would call I had a couple of foreigners uh, foreign friends of mine tell me that they they felt these symptoms but they couldn't actually go to the hospital their advice was no you stay home and monitor your situation mm. That was the advice. Not even getting tested. Right. 
I, I but think but they, because they wanted to get tested, they they had to pay if they had to pay for it. It's, Isn't that strange? It is. It's an odd thing compared to other countries, compared to the response and how people are dealing with it in at least America, as far as I understand. It, it's it's quite a different response. But at the same time, I feel like perhaps, you know, because people aren't being tested, people aren't freaking out, and it's not having as big of an impact on the economy as in other parts of the world now that's not to say that the economy is the most important aspect of of life but there are certain places in america where things have shut down to the point where people are finding it hard to pay their rent and uh, put food on the table and that's happening to a far less degree in japan it's happening in japan but not as it's not as big of an issue because the response has not been to uh, test people and figure out how many people have it. And, you know, it, it could be that there are a lot of people who have been asymptomatic in Japan or where even where I live, where people don't think there's that much going on with it. Um, oh, and here's something strange. I, I know I'm just leaving my one thought going into another one. But in in the, the city that I live in, They'll tell you, and I don't know if this is nationwide, but they'll tell you there's a cluster in the city, but they don't tell you where it happened. Is that something that's similar to Tokyo? They don't tell you where the cluster is? I think it's a very general, yeah. like either Kanagawa, Saitama, or yeah. central Tokyo, but they don't reveal pin, pinpoint yeah. areas. They don't go into detail there. So that's another thing. So people are worried, you know, be, you know, teachers and worried like, well, what do you tell the, the, the students? You tell them that you can't go anywhere because there was a cluster, but they don't they don't tell you specifically where it happened. So mm. it's not like so, you can just. Yeah. Avoid. So with that with that knowledge, mm. what would you do if you're working in government and one of your chief responsibilities is helping to uh, is focused maybe on the the economy. That's where mm-hmm. your responsibility lies. And uh, you're in the middle of a pandemic and you've seen a cluster come and go. Would you would you come up with a travel campaign where people uh, can travel to other areas of Japan to reinvigorate the economy? Sounds like a great idea. (laughs) I got an idea. Hey, you know what? We're in the midst of a pandemic and we're only down to 100 cases a day. Hey, let's expand uh, our travel uh, campaign to the whole country Yeah. so that every motherfucker can get on a plane or on a train and travel to other areas around Japan. Yeah, that sounds great. Just idea. in case, you know, we've got the, we've, you know, we've only got a few hundred cases now, so let's expand it so that we can increase the chances of everyone catching it. Yeah. And there's a, an actual fucking campaign these dumb fucks came up with. Yeah, it's called Go to Travel. Uh, and most poignantly uh, grammatically incorrect <laughs> campaign. <laughs> Using English, go to, and then the 
native Japanese katakana used for foreign language words. So travel is in katakana script. Go to travel. Mm. It's a it's a campaign by the national government that offers big discounts on travel mm. inside Japan. Yeah. Only residents of Japan, mind you. Oh, okay. Including foreign residents as well. So it's a great campaign. Started in late July. And uh, it covers trips until January 31st, last mm. I checked, of next year. And it will, will probably get extended. And that's what the tourism minister, Kazuyoshi Akaba, uh, was in charge of it. Um, and uh, it is, I yeah, mean, so there really, you go. It's a really good deal. You get 35% discount on the total cost of your trip. Yeah. And you get 15% of the total cost to be spent on other travel expenses during the trip. So if you if you book an overnight trip costing 40,000 yen or $400, you receive a 14,000 yen discount. So you only pay 26,000 yen and then you receive 6,000 yen, 15% in coupons of for stores in the local vicinity. So wow. You, That's good. Yeah, That's you really get a lot of <laughs> incentive to not only mm, stay, to, sp- but to, to, to both contract and spread convert yeah, coronavirus. Yeah. It's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. At is. a monetary level. It's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild system that uh, I guess many people have taken advantage of, but I, I don't know how many people are really willing to take advantage of it but it it is being used by various people i don't know the numbers i I think in late uh november the government decided to temporarily halt the travel discount campaigns coverage of trips to osaka and sapporo due to recent spikes in uh uh, in newly confirmed infection cases Mm -hmm. in the cities uh so the prime minister Suga, Suga-san, hmm. he urged travelers from Osaka and Sapporo to refrain from using the travel campaign. Did you hear that? Refrain. Refrain. Hmm. It's like when you tell a bar, like they've been talking about bars and izakayas, please, uh, how about you stop serving alcohol at 10 p.m.? Yeah. Uh, because the coronavirus... Uh, Goes to sleep, uh, yeah, around seven or eight p.m. So just yeah, to be on the yeah. safe side. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to stop around ten. But I think also, I I do kind of understand the logic behind that, which is, you know, after ten, I think that's when people get raging drunk, and then the more drunk you are, the more palsy louder you get. get, louder and palsy yeah. wallsy you get with people, and so I think that's. Uh, I guess that's what they're basing their ideas off of. I don't know if it's scientific in any way, but just judging from social interaction, it seems 10 o'clock onwards is when really people start raging. Mm. Well, like I said, they're all, they've been saved by the cultural norms around mask wearing. Mm. If it wasn't for that, Japan would be fucked. Absolutely fucked. And not only thankfully, mask, that's not, not the case. Not only mask wearing, but hygiene overall. 
you know, hygiene people do wash their hands and carry their own handkerchief and not for blowing their nose in, but for drying their hands off. So, and bowing, there's no shaking hands really. So there's already a, a, a little bit of social distance when people interact with each other, a little bit more, slightly more. Of course, you know, trains are packed to the nth degree, but people aren't as touchy-feely as in Western culture. So I think that also contributed to the subdued nature of the coronavirus spread in Japan. Hmm. Yeah, it... I would still give Japan's response to this pandemic a fail mark. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've done as much. But then, during those times when we're talking about the lockdown, mm-hmm. in the Japanese constitution, it's impossible for the government to impose any rules on public establishments. So it was up to the establishments themselves, these restaurants, these bars, to to fall in line through the urging of the government. But there is martial law that can be enacted. But it, w- it wasn't. Yeah, but th- it is possible to do that. So the Constitution... Do you think they should have done that? I... Looking back, no. I don't think so. Because people were able to control themselves i think for the most part maybe younger people were still going out and doing what they wanted but i think for the most part people did exercise self-restraint right and you noticed earlier in the year people weren't on the trains as much in tokyo Mm. Um, companies did try to uh, enact more remote work the school i work at did remote schooling uh, where you could opt as a teacher opt to stay at home and um, do do your classes from your from your house and students were at home so even if you went to school there are far less people in in the school itself and something re- regarding the remote schooling and remote work I think there's pros and cons to it and now no one is back in april and may march march april may everyone was very very worried about you know the the spread of the coronavirus and so many schools had you know pretty much enacted uh remote learning or they shut down the public schools uh for for a few months but now even though there's huge spikes no one's talking about closing the schools it's just that the the it's the new normal in a way. Mm. So they don't feel like, oh well, it's going to benefit us if we shut down again. Although, mm. for example, my school could easily do it uh, because we have the resources to do so. But a lot of public schools mm. don't have the resources that we have, so it would be perhaps more difficult for other schools with less money 
and computers and things like that. And that's something I think Abe mentioned a few months ago that he, by 2023, it'll be a, you know, a little little late on this, but each each student will, he's trying to benchmark budgets to have each student have their own computer. So mm. then it would be much easier to facilitate such programs like remote learning. Right. But I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people oh, I read, read newspapers and American newspapers, and a lot of people feel like the remote learning wasn't doing much for their, their kids. You know, it wasn't like they were learning much at all. They were just kind of sitting, staring at a computer screen. I don't know. There's a lot of issues to go to to parse through it. But of course, health is the, you know, the first thing that people should think about. But this time, no, there's no no one's thinking about closing down schools, I- at least as far as I know, in Japan. Mm. Do you remember the Abe mask? Yeah. What a bunch of shit that was. Yeah. Well, that to me sums up the response. Mm-hmm. Just completely out of touch, out of real. Uh, no, they're probably sitting in a boardroom, just like that fucking movie we watched in Godzilla. Mm-hmm. With all uh, printed documents, access to printers and fax machines, right? Uh, yes. No, no real uh, contact with scientific reality, and uh, they thought, well, masks. Yeah, let's give everybody a a mask that is, especially in summer, it's fucking heavy and and uh, suffocating. The absurd, the absurdity of it was that it took months to, to distribute it, ship out, and then the first batch were defective. Yeah, and then by so the to time recall they, those and then send it out again. Yeah, yeah, by the time they redistributed them, everyone could get their own mask at stores. They were up to yeah. pro- production capacity. Right, it's totally ridiculous. By the time, by the time they started distributing, everyone got a mask. Under Armour had developed like the best sports mask mm. that was being sold. Uniglo, Uniglo too. Uniglo yeah. got like uh, they've already gone through two or three different revisions of a mask, so that they already like were the on top of it. was just ridiculous off the yeah, charts. Yeah, if yeah. there's ever like uh, an argument for an example of why government shouldn't do anything compared to the private sector, the mask. <laughs> Debacle in Japan is a perfect example. It's like, this is why there should be small government. Because it took three and a half months for uh, what should have been an immediate response, an immediate production line. And Mm. companies made up for it within a couple weeks. So just utterly absurd. And also the uh, money program. We, We talked about this in, I think, an earlier episode maybe in another news episode where the American government sent out checks to every citizen all around the world. I received my money from the government, the U.S. government. I have not lived in America for almost 20 years. And one day I went to my my post box, opened it up, and there was my check from the American government back in May. And the Japanese government... For residents living in Japan, they've been discussing giving a stimulus stimulus check from like March, the same time, about the same time as the American government doing it. And it took 
till mid-July yeah. for me to get a check. Like I got my American check faster than the Japanese check, and I live mm. in Japan. It's yeah, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, so every and people Japanese citizens who live overseas, they're just still discussing whether or not those people should get stimulus checks. Mm. And if they do get it, it could be up to a year after they decide before they actually send out the mm. checks. A year, right after they've already died from COVID, makes sense. Or died from <laughs> starvation if they really needed the check. That's right. Or yeah. homeless, and that's totally ridiculous. That you because by the time it's next July, what Pfizer has a, what you might call it a vaccine. There's another company that's coming up soon. It's it's absurd. It's so slow, but at the same time, the numbers are so small in Japan, and especially where I live, the numbers are so small. It feels like it's just thinning out, and not many people are being harmfully affected by it. But there is an Im economic impact on, on Japanese, but it's just not nearly as big, and that that creates this conflict in my head about it. Because hmm. if if people are going about their business as as basically normal, except a heightened awareness of this of this uh, coronavirus, and we end up getting this vaccine and everyone gets vaccinated, a year or two later, when we look back on it, we compare different countries' responses to this pandemic, and Japan Japanese official numbers are were low compared to other countries that had much more severe measures taken, especially like you take a look at the state of California, Pennsylvania, where I'm from, and where there was a lockdown on uh, old folks' homes from April to October. Family members could not visit for six months. No one in or out. Mm. And yet in Japan, there was no such thing going on. And yet, somehow, people went about their business as usual, and not many, compared to other countries, the recorded records of deaths were much smaller. It's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. So, would you give uh, Japan a foul mark with the corona uh, response? Um, I think it's too soon to say. The government, I mean. Uh, I mean, I think the oh, people, the generally, they've been saved by the people. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, The government has done nothing, I think, to ensure that the people were safe. It's the people yeah. taking it, taking their health into their own hands. Like I you said, they were very uh, uh, restrained in their behavior, at least in the few, first few months. I, mm. I no noticed that there were fewer people on trains, and mm. the only people who were on trains were these fucking poor office managers and salary men who had to go in, or these managers who had to go in with a fucking hunkor to stamp mm. fucking yeah. documents that you couldn't right. do digitally. Uh, but I'll get into that later. But, I mean, they're uh, digitizing then. Um, news, hunkor news. Yeah, I'm which we can, <laughs> which we could cover on a regular basis. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, all right. This is uh, hot off the press. Hunkle, uh, Hunkle news. Yeah, but I, um, I've been very disappointed 
it's uh, demoralizing to see how the government could just drop the ball not once but twice but three times they've dropped uh yeah it's it's it sucks especially mm-hmm. if i'm a new zealander and I've, right. I've seen what what's possible with another island similar size as japan mm. uh completely snuff it out right yeah i uh yeah i see your point i'm, I'm talking about the, the the size of the New Zealand, and not in terms of demographic. I mean, in terms of population, obviously it's very different. Mm-hmm. But I'm just talking about an right. island that, uh, uh, in terms of like the the space and and the the government's response was very methodical, and they provided New Zealand provided a template of how, how you could uh, trace. Um, what was the other term? Trace, identify, trace, uh, trace. Um, there are a few concepts that they brought in into handling this this pandemic, and mm. and we're not even we're not an authoritarian country mm. either. It's not right. top down approach. It's like getting everybody involved and making sure that this is what we need to do to ensure the health of every New Zealander, and uh, and everybody just they signed up. I think mm. it comes down to trust as well with the government. Right, that has a huge impact. In America, there is no trust. Right. In any form of uh, any institution right now, uh, or any party, but with uh, yeah, New Zealand's maybe that's not an, uh, a fair uh, comparison because Japan is Japan, very unique. They have a lot of pride uh, in how they they handle handle themselves, but I just think they could have done a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Uh well, we'll see what happens in a couple months, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, when we do uh, news in early 2021. <laughs> <laughs> February, March, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, let's move on. Uh, I okay. have an- I have a story here that okay. you might like. All right. Uh, and uh, it's a little bit of a departure okay. from talking about the coronavirus. All right. Um, man travels a hundred kilometers right in middle of the night in Japan. Okay. To punch another dude in the throat. Look, what I would pay to that? see that. I would pay to see that. <laughs> so last week was the Tyson uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight. I would pay to see this on pay per view. <laughs> that's yeah it's, it's i think it sounds like this this interaction was a little more aggression than that fight because i saw that fight it looked like just two old guys um fighting each other this sounds like Actually, really it sounds like a kids in the hall sketch like, oh really yeah i mean like it was just like oh he did something to me i'm gonna get him i'm gonna get him it's like it reminds <laughs> me of that pen sketch I, I don't know if you ever watched kids in the hall did you ever watch it no no okay no. it's a, a canadian comedy troupe and there's this one this one sketch they do where this guy he walks into the bank and uh he doesn't have his pen with him and he's like can i borrow a pen and the staff gives him a pen here you go here's your pen and then he walks out with the pen and then the remainder of the remaining sketch is the the staff person at the bank chasing this guy through the entire town to get his pen back it's hilarious and funny and goofy and weird as per Kids in the Hall sketches, 
and I'm not doing it justice. It just reminds me of like someone going to utter lengths to do something that is seems ridiculous. But yeah, what would what would prompt you to? I don't know. He travel didn't that far correctly. to well, punch <laughs> someone in the throat. He he stole his pen. I don't know what what happened. Well, there was suspicion that his girlfriend was cheating on him. Okay. So that's what prompted this late night road trip. And 24, 24 year old guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, he said. Uh, uh, what was it? What was it? He said. Oh, let me just check. He said that he had a smart. His smartphone mm-hmm. was set up so that him and his girlfriend had a GPS location on at all times. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was in the town of Komatsushima. Do you know Komatsushima? No. Where is that? No idea. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm just imagining this as a movie trailer. Like, and it's a very upbeat <laughs> movie trailer. It's like, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Is it in there? Taro. 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 And what is that? I think, I, I think, I think that's like a pseudonym. I don't oh, think they're okay. giving his real name. Taro Yamazaki. Travels 100 kilometers <laughs> to get revenge by punching a guy in the throat. We follow <laughs> him on his journey. It's <laughs> a road he follows journey. his app. His GPS tracker. Yeah. But he, he noticed that she was near a hotel. Um, so he's thinking, oh, something's going on. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, when he arrived at the hotel, he found his 20 year old, uh, 21 year old man there. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we really call him a man? He's 21 for crying out loud. Yeah. Like, like his prefrontal cortex man. hasn't properly yeah. developed, has it? <laughs> he's, a, he's still a man. He's a, like a man child. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so this is where he confronted his amorous rival. Mm-hmm. Um, amorous rivals. That's the name long, of the movie. Long, long amorous drive, rival. Long drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a quick movie, though. It sounds like a, like thirty minutes. It sounds like an, a pilot episode wait, wait, of like wait. some kind of like. Uh, <laughs> it's a road movie, man. <laughs> you, you break it down, and the oh, you just, just like cover all these jealous boyfriends. That's the series. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, but uh, no, he wasn't. The blow that he that he caused, uh, there was a verbal altercation, mm-hmm. uh, and then he punched him in the throat. The blow didn't cause serious injury. He was still arrested by officers from the Hyogo, Hyogo. Yeah, we oh, both yeah, know Hyogo, yeah, Hyogo yeah, Prefectural, the so Hyogo Prefectural Police Departments, mm-hmm. Hime, Himeji Precinct. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's near they, the they charged him with assault on yeah two thirty a.m. on Sunday morning. So how about that? Mm. That just stuck out to me. The reason why I brought this up is because it's kind of uh, encapsulates a lot of the violence. I think. Would you Would you agree to this uh, generalization about a lot of the Japanese news stories we hear about uh, violence and mm-hmm. it's it, it kind of doesn't um, compare. There's no if you were to contrast it with other developed countries around around the world. Um, mm-hmm. Developed. The America, America, you, you in regards to fighting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, talk about fighting. For example, on the train, I have yeah. never seen a brawl. Even in bars, I have not once seen a physical brawl. I have heard people throw, like, shout at one another, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. On the train, I've heard like uh, some old man or a young guy just shout at someone else. I've like, seen two three, <laughs> And there's like, a lot of shouting, right? A little bit of like uh, tugging of each other's shirts, but never, I've never seen punches thrown. I've seen Have it. you? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, on the Sobu line, Akihabara, it was packed one morning, and of course, every morning it's packed. And these girls, these two 20-something girls dressed to the T to go to their office jobs or whatever, they pop out, excuse me, they pop out of the train doors and they start fucking pounding on each other. But in the cat fight style, like the pawing, and they're really smacking each other hard. And a kind of mm. like a semicircle uh, surrounds them. We're like, wow. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's a cat fight, like a literal cat fight's happening because they're fighting in the style of cat. It's not like, oh, they're two women, so you call it like they're cat fighting. Like they actually have their hands in like the palmed, like in shapes of a cat paws, and they're like oh, really like, trying no, to hit like each scratching other. each other. Yeah, and then uh, the following week, I saw another pretty much the same thing happen, except it was between like a young twenty-something girl and an old guy, and they were. He, she was hitting him. I've mm. also seen uh, two. I saw a, a businessman punch another guy in the face. That was on the wow. job online. And then I saw another businessman kick a train as hard as he could when it left because he's so pissed at somebody. So yeah, but that's not aimed at someone though. It yeah. doesn't. I mean, but no, he was looking I, at someone in the train like he was. Uh, yeah, was, but again, that's like shouting at someone and. Uh, threatening, so, threatening violence, but never actually committing. Well, those are the, you know a few different examples, three different examples of people, what, th- two guys. Who yeah, kicking a punch. train. Though. Yeah, That's but not... they punched the guy. Like there, there was a punch, oh, and then there yeah. was a kick of the train. But you're you're ruling that out. And then the uh, two girls who fought each other, and then the girl and the guy who fought each other. So I've seen a few. Hmm. Yeah, I've not seen one. One instance, and I've been to some really dodgy areas in Tokyo, and uh, I know there are certain areas which you're not supposed to spend any time in late at night. You're supposed to get back Mm -hmm. early because of the rowdy nature of the people living in that area. Mm -hmm. But I've um, I've spent all night in some of these areas, and uh, all I've all I've seen is uh, people shouting. Right. There's always just the threat of it, but never actually getting involved. I mean, never. Uh, yeah, either people intervene or, um, you know, there's. Yeah, I've never seen any kind of fallout of people getting into fisticuffs or mm. rolling around on the ground. I mean, it, my, my experience is, I mean, that's over the course of almost 20 years, three times. So. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's it very really rare, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah, because I've been out drinking. I've, I've drunk a lot. I've, I've been out. I've drunk all night in many different bars and many different establishments. And throughout all of my experience, yeah, I've not seen it once. So, mm. uh, yeah, knock on wood. Hope I, don't, I still don't see any kind of violent behavior. Pugilist pugilism. I don't want to see that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that was... Uh, but if so, you do... If you do, if you do suspect that your girlfriend uh, is with some other man, I don't think I would go to that extreme. Um, mm. 
with a GPS tracker. <laughs> Taro goes on one night <laughs> to meet his girlfriend and his girlfriend's man of her dreams. The uh, next one is, mm. do you remember we did an episode and you, I think it was banking mm. and you talked about a shrine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thief. <laughs> well, I have another story where Uh-oh. Saitama, uh-huh. they, right. their police force, they caught a uh-huh. coin thief at a oh, shrine. Fucking bastards. After after a multi-week stakeout. They <laughs> oh, <Jesus laughs> were staking out coins? this shrine. <laughs> is this like Rudy Giuliani's broken window policy? What What is this? this is I insane. don't know. Shrine, yeah, bro. <laughs> Stealing coins policy from yeah. a shrine. Uh, theft from a shrine. Apparently, they're not going to stand for it. Yeah. But there was this... Uh, stakeout. Jesus Christ. A coin man. thief at a shrine in Iruma City uh, uh-huh. who was apprehended. Um, by five five officers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and there's security footage of the whole incident. Um, the suspect was Kyosho Hiranuma uh-huh. of, get, of, get this, no known occupation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coin thief. But, you know, guess how much he took? He took oh, wait, 600... Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Oh yeah, Go well on. now I know. Six hundred and sixty five yen. Okay now uh, over can I guess <laughs> over what period of time? <laughs> okay, uh, uh, so what do you know what over what period of time he stole this grand total of six hundred sixty five yen? And please don't tell me if, if you know, I wanna guess. Oh uh, you can you can yeah. Okay. T- take it take uh, a stab. Okay, six hundred yen. Uh, the 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 previous guy that we uh, learned about, he stole uh, ninety yen a night over the course of five nights. So he stole, to- I guess, a total of like around four hundred yen. But I'm guessing since this was a stakeout, this guy was probably doing playing the long game, a real long game, probably twenty yen a night. So I'm imagining maybe this was a, a, over the course of three and a half weeks. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually reading it now. Hang on, uh, the, it doesn't it doesn't go into detail over the course of the uh, oh. that the six hundred. Actually, it says there are f- <laughs> the suspect that was uh, uh, taken at that point where 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 the police confronted him. Mm-hmm. He had uh, photographs of coins. <laughs> No, he no, the, no. I'm sorry. The officer took photographs oh, okay, yeah, yeah. of the contents of his left hand, oh, and okay. there were a hundred yen coins in his hand. Oh, and so there's video footage of it, mm-hmm. and, and how they they took him down. <laughs> uh, and the proprietor of the shrine, yeah, said, uh, "I think it's very depressing that the Saitama Prefect- Prefectural Police had to go to such lengths <laughs> over the theft of several hundred yen." <laughs> Even the guy who owns the shrine is like, listen, guys, you're on a multi-week stake out here. Uh, I think your efforts are probably better spent elsewhere, perhaps trying to <laughs> They got uh, money to help, burn on their uh, budget or something? <laughs> like, <are> you... <laughs> it's getting near the end of the year. <laughs> got to use that money or they won't get a budget next year. Oh, and, and also one of, the, one of them, mm-hmm. one of the officers mm-hmm. was wearing a jacket uh-huh. Adorned in leaves and shrubs. 
camouflage. Just like the, those used by a hunter, yeah. And the Fuji News Network says that the camouflage wear uh-huh. was borrowed from another officer oh. so that he could conceal himself against the leaves at the shrine. Jesus H. Christ. Why don't you just <laughs> be plain clothes? <laughs> actually, actually, all told, there were 10 officers who worked at the stakeout, but, the, so, but there are only five who brought him down. So how much money was being doled out to these various police officers for their salary? <laughs> millions. <laughs> millions of yen. <laughs> millions of yen. Over 600 yen. to take down 600 yen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A stakeout. And one officer told the network, as a police officer, I would like to strictly crack down on crimes that make the citizens of the prefecture uneasy. Regardless of whether the amount is large or small. Well, wait a second. Like, it's it makes you uneasy if it's large, and it makes you. Regardless not, of whether the yeah. amount the amount stolen is large or small, if that's the point. If it's six hundred yen, no, no, that's too much. That's one yen too many. Yeah. You can't. No, we're not gonna. We don't accept that in our prefecture. I think. Fuck this you, is why shrine need, thief. Uh, that's why we need automation. Forget about these police officers doing a stakeout. Just have a fucking police <laughs> robot smacking thieves' hands. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Go away now. Like, why are uh, you don't need to spend that much money <laughs> taking down somebody who <laughs> probably really needs it because he has no known occupation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah why don't you provide support to the guy i mean maybe yeah he's like down on his luck help him find fucking a job take him to hello work hello fuck work or something get the guy yeah, a job if it's a stakeout to take him to hello work then i'm on board with that at least someone's making money somewhere but that's 600 yen jesus Christ. so that's a callback to a very important issue that you brought up about the <laughs> About the shrine thief, and uh, I'm glad there's justice in this world. Yeah, That's all I can geez. say about that. But I, but I also want to bring up the hunkor that we talked about before, oh, yeah, yeah, which is a cool. seal. So yeah. hunkor is a stamp which businesses use, or even people have their own hunkors, but it's basically a signature. Yeah. What we in far like we in foreign land, we have these things called signatures, and in Japan they have a thing called a stamp which mm. they use to authorize a variety of documents. Yeah. And I was saying that uh, earlier in the year when we covered, I, I talked about these poor office fucking managers who had to go into work to use, because they had to be there physically mm. to stamp these documents. Right. Well, I have some good news. Yeah. They're going to be ditching the hunkel seal requirement. In all, the government will abolish the hunkel seal requirement in all administrative procedures requiring personal seals that are not registered with local municipalities. So uh, when is this going to be enacted? Uh, I don't think it'll be anytime in, in soon. Fiscal 2025? <laughs> 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 we got to put years. a lot of things in place before we just completely yeah, strip we'll make sure down. everybody has a proper signature. Uh, let me let me double check that it you know what it does actually say so I think it's something they're talking about abolishing let's discuss this a little bit more 
There's a monster coming out of the ocean. How can you say that? Oh my God, there is. <laughs> it's Godzilla. It's the same thing. I don't know. The same type of atmosphere, very tense atmosphere regarding the Hanko. The Hanko. Yeah. It, I'm glad. I'm so glad. I could see the fucking. I. It's. I know it's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think it's a uh, feature of life along with printers and fax machines, which I think should be in the dustbin of history. Yeah. I think a lot of it should be digitized. On the yeah. on the topic of digitization, we know we watched Shin Godzilla. Yeah. And I think you were brought up the printers. You brought up we brought up how paper Oriented, they're all they love fucking paper. <laughs> Nothing's it's origami. Digital. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we figured out how to how to kill Godzilla. We folded the paper in a million different directions instead of feeding the numbers into a computer algorithm, which they could have figured out with AI. Could have probably figured it out in thirty seconds. They had a bunch of people sitting around folding paper on a desk. Anyways, it, go it, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we we it's so easy to shit all over Japan about this this fascination with hard copies. You know, there's no there's no sense of uh digital the digital world. It's basically non-existent in most most of these of these Japanese companies. And uh so what I found was something that looks very promising. Uh there's a minister uh, of... Let me just double-check his name. Um, I think it was uh, Taro Kono. So he's in the administrative reform branch of government. Mm. And he has announced a major overhaul to the way the administration is run. Okay. And he said, no more fax machines. No more fax machines. Halle fucking Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. That's got to be like the highlight of 2020 right there. Where am I going to put? What am I going to put where the fax machine was there? Well, what am I going to put there? It's going to, I'm going to feel so lonely. And it actually ties into the hunkle. Because he said the real culprit behind why faxes have such longevity is because of the hunkle. Yeah. Right. You got to spray. You got to print. You got to stamp it, and then you got to fax it. Whereas I don't think they've heard of like uh, self uh, smartphone cameras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you they can actually scan is, it with your you phone. Scan, you just, I think we've been doing it for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a picture. That's all it is, guys. It's not anything magical. You just, <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. But. So, that is, and um, I was looking up um, a related story. And uh, so, there is a picture of, a photo, a photograph of mm-hmm. this transition team away from paper documents. Okay. So the Ministry of Education, Culture, Sports, Science, and Technology, MEXT, 
That's the acronym. Next, yeah, next, next has yeah. established a digitization promotion division Ooh. with the goal of promoting the swift and thorough digitization of the fields of education, science, and technology, athletics, and culture. Where the fuck did those two words come from? Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think the X means and etc. <laughs> <laughs> athletics and culture. Okay. And then, and then they... Uh, so the swift part of the mission uh, is started off with the first meeting. And so this photograph shows a round table of people, many old people, a couple of women, a couple of uh, women in their 40s. And guess what's not on, the, on this table? Paper. I said not, not what's on. The, it's no, no personal computers, no laptops, no smartphones, no laptops. It's Oops. all paper, and I don't. And there's no cords either. There's like unused, <laughs> unused cables, like cords there, which you can oh. plug your shit into. Yeah. But they're all sitting there with shit ton of paper. Every single one of them. Yeah. Hey, let me count them. There's like three, four, five, six. There must be around forty, fifty. Is it like no? I'm sorry. There's like forty, forty people around a table and they're all just looking at each other with dumb fucking looks on their faces <laughs> with paper reams of paper in front of them and this is the fucking commemorative photo showing the digitization promotion division <laughs> what the fuck can you well, can you believe that shit a bench point they need to show i mean they haven't started it's the commemoration well, you know, in a year or so from now, you know, you check back in, you take another photo, and there's no more paper. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's so uh, tone deaf. They don't even realize how much of a joke they are, mm-hmm. you know? They don't even, I don't even think most, like half of them know why they're fucking there. <laughs> yeah. What is going on here? This is supposed to be a digitization effort. What are you doing? Not one piece of IT equipment there. Nothing. There's no... You're you're supposed to be ushering in a digital revolution in Japan. And you're doing the same old shit. You dumb fucks. Fuck, that pisses me off. Well... We'll just have to... I don't don't know what they're going to do. I mean... I mean, I told I told you last week. Uh, you know, w- you know, a lot of the stuff in my school are gonna go like electric whiteboards and stuff like that. The school next year, but then we also have this possibility of this gigantic 1990s era copy machine that will punch holes and collate paper, and everyone is totally fascinated by this machine. Yeah. They think it's like the greatest thing ever. It's a time saver and all this kind of stuff. And perhaps it is, but at the same time, it's not amazing technology because it's been around (laughs) since 30 years. (laughs) But, um, and we've since made the transition to a digital era mm -hmm. where. I don't remember the last time I actually carried paper. 
you know? Mm-hmm. It's all digital in my case. Right. Um, but I guess in your case, you've got a, you know, you've got tests gotta, and everything's done with paper and pen things. or pencil. There's certain things like making a test online. Oh, my God. Do you using these Google um, forms? Oh, what a fucking pain in the ass to make a test. Yeah. It's stupid. But yeah. then there's there's these other things like um, I saw something called Quizlet. I believe that's the name or Quill, Quillians. And it's kind of pseudo AI system where you plug in. You can, if you have data from a textbook, you can put in all of the store, all the readings of a textbook mm. and then tell it to make multiple choice questions or open-ended questions. And in a matter of minutes, it'll make a test for you. Mm-mm. So there, there is that type of thing that exists. But for the most part, it, if you want something tailored to your class, and then you want them to write it out. It's just so much easier to make something a document and print it out and have them write it down. So the printer is important. It is important. <laughs> I'm smacking myself. You've been shitting on it for head. a while now, yeah, but yeah. now no. Mm-hmm. Now look at you. You're uh, resorting to the the old printer. Yeah, I mean it because just because the digital, the digital equivalent is such mm. a pain in the ass. Right. And I think also the the digital aspects uh, of language study or even any kind of study, there's something that's, and maybe this is quackery or maybe, uh, I don't know, this might be considered like Luddite thinking, but I think there is something to looking at some, like a screen, whether it be a screen or a blackboard and hearing the teacher talk and then writing it down in your notebook as opposed to mm. just having it in your computer. Mm, mm, mm. There's some, there's more interaction going on. You're paying right. attention perhaps a little bit more than if you were just, oh, just share the uh, PowerPoint slides with us and then we can follow along. Mm, mm. Uh, so I, I think... Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some merit to it there. Right. Well, uh, I don't know. Well, I'm just looking at what's, uh, you know, the story, the stories, I mean, those were the main topics. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's another one here. Um, Tokyo schoolboy assumes other boys' identity for six months and attends classes. At top high school. Um, that's a TV show. I mean, we can start the pilot right now. If you want. <laughs> that sounds like if we just said that as like a elevator pitch to a Netflix executive, we could have a show with six episodes. That does sound like an interesting premise, right? Doesn't weeks. it make you want to like watch <laughs> at least the pilot? I'm like, fucking hell, you got, you got me there. That is fucking amazing. That is the best elevator pitch I've heard. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, next one is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one, yes. Have you, heard of, have you heard about these companies that help people vanish? Tell me more. They're, it's... Uh, they're people it, who aside, help... Wait, aside from Better Call mm. Saul, no. Okay, just tell me more. People uh, in, in Japan, um, people want to just leave. 
yeah. their existences, their lives, without a trace, leaving their homes, jobs, families in the middle of the night, and they want to start a second life. And in, in Japan, these people are called uh, johatsu. Okay. And, and that means, johatsu means evaporation. Oh. Uh, but it also refers to people who vanish on purpose into thin air mm-hmm. uh, and continue to conceal their whereabouts, potentially for years, even decades. Um, and there was this one guy, 42-year-old Sugimoto. Uh, he got fed up with human relationships, so he just oh. took a small suitcase and uh, disappeared. That's vague as fuck. Just kind of escaped. <laughs> He's tired of human yeah, and he left uh, uh-huh. because of his family, his local business. Um, uh-huh. He didn't want to stay. He didn't like that th- these roles had been foisted upon him. Caused him distress. Hmm. So he thought, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Uh, is he happy? I believe so, yeah. Oh, what's he do? Where is he? <laughs> I want to find him. Uh, yeah, well, I'm actually really... Yeah, this is like this a long article. Um, yeah. If people want to check it, please go to the BBC and just check uh, the title. Is The Companies That Help People Vanish. That's the name of the title, uh, of, the title of this article. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about uh, yeah these Japanese companies that are set up to help people just leave their lives. They sit them out. They sit them up elsewhere, and they can continue living another life and uh, they forget their that their previous life ever, ex- you know, forget that they ever their previous life ever existed. Wasn't in um in Breaking Bad? It was the guy who worked at the vacuum cleaner shop, right? That yeah, that's for a crime, though. Yeah, that's for something that you commit, and then he. Uh sets you up with a whole new identity. It's similar to that, but you don't have to commit a crime in this case. You just contact these companies and then they um, remove your... Yeah, they just start you off with a new life and that's in the same a, country. So Isn't that you amazing? Can, you can change your name with this? I believe you, so, yeah. So your whole entire identity has changed. That's what, uh, according to this article, looks like it, yeah. So um, is that, that doesn't sound legal. It because doesn't, it does do, it? Because if you do that, then you could, like, escape any kind of debt. That what are you, you going to do with your hunkle? Yeah, well, you got you, you just go to the <laughs> local convenience store and buy another one, I think. 100 yen shop. Uh, and register that. But it sounds like there would be so much procedure that would have to happen in order for, I mean, of course you have the company to do it, but it seems shady as hell. Don't you think? I mean, um, yeah, well the, the, apparently it's easy. It's easy, uh, to, because you know, privacy is fiercely protected in Japan. Mm. That's one thing I like about Japan. Is that right. people do value their privacy, and so do I. Um, and to move, I don't, I don't think it's. Uh, I mean, if it's crime or an accident, right? Uh, and you do want um, to have another identity, I, I think that is legal. Okay. But in this case, if it's just on your whims, it does bring up. Uh, bit of uh yeah it's a thorny issue for me like like yeah. you said it doesn't 
doesn't sound legal because you maybe have debts and stuff but i think but i think there's a way around that if you don't have debts and the company helps you to arrange uh, a whole new a whole new life without you know without the debt they help arrange like uh get you a certain um a certain life where the government is you know you're sanctioned you you know it's pro- properly You've gone through all the proper legal ch- legal channels. They have access to the proper lawyers, uh, who ensure that you you're no longer contactable or reachable mm. through your original identity. Some of that makes you know it, it does make some sense. Also, stalkers, for example, mm-hmm. if you have a like if you're a woman, you have a stalker, uh, and your life is threatened. Again, I guess that's getting into crime, right? Mm, right. Where yes, the the it would be perfectly legal for you to change your identity, but in this case, they're somehow uh, operating in a gray area, mm. where it could be also cultural, where Japanese, the Japanese government, municipal governments, lawyers know that um, you sometimes want to start a you know they want to give you the opportunity to start a whole new life yeah. without all the baggage from your previous life mm. it's interesting it I is think, isn't it i think people maybe at least in america you can it's a huge country so you can just up and move roots to another place and then you you feel like you're in a completely different world but maybe in japan it's harder to def- feel like you can move somewhere and feel like you're in a different place. Mm. So it, it so these types of companies pop up to help people really feel like they're starting anew. Right. Uh, yeah, there, there's this one uh woman who works at this company that helps people disappear. She said she has very t- various types of clients. Uh-huh. There are people who run away from serious domestic violence, mm-hmm. or their ego and self in, just ego reasons or self interest, and she doesn't judge. Mm-hmm. She just serves them the same way, helps them to move. So we don't and know start the cost a new life. We don't really know the. Cost. I don't know the cost. Oh. Yeah, not sure. Mm. I'd imagine it'd be pretty expensive. Yeah. I'm sure it would. You need all kinds of new documents and right. And remember, they're only moving in Japan. They're not going mm-hmm. overseas, right? It'd be funny. So what if can you do it, to to yeah. evade your you know either family from you know uh, family members or friends? You you have to change your name. Yeah. It'd be funny if it was just a, the next town over. Yeah, and the next no. next block. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet no one knew you see them running and you like, and you got like this fake every time you wear like a fake mustache and a hat <laughs> I recognize you <laughs> no my name is Kenji not Taro you told me you are going to pick up cigarettes you fucking no. bastard of a father <laughs> no that's not me I'm sorry I'm someone else <laughs> sorry I don't understand I don't know I don't know you you're going to be confused yeah. with someone else yeah, yeah that's, that's wild that's wild stuff. Wild, wacky. Well, stuff. Th- those were the highlights. Uh, I'm sure there are. Oh 
quite a, there, there there are others but those are the main ones i wanted to share also the wolf one last one the wolf okay wolf oh my god tell me about the wolf there's a monster robot wolf a monster robot wolf? in hokkaido yeah okay in hokkaido there's a wolf robot that can roar and flash its eyes red to scare off brown bears entering uh, populated areas okay how cool is that that's pretty good. I want one of those. I don't know where I'd have it, use it, but I want one. How that's I mean, they could have just had any kind of big robot square thing that just made loud noises. <laughs> but this really one looks like a wolf. This one's really actually fucking this. huge. It's like uh the, near my house With red I, red eyes. My uh near my house they have like when I go for a walk sometimes it's very disjointing because you'll hear these rifle noises go off and it's just to keep the crows away and then there's fake dogs barking so Mm. there's all kinds of things like that but like an actual robot wolf that's uh that's next level how do they know that a bear could with visual acuity be able to make out that this Oh, and unless it actually does sound like a howling of a wolf, I don't know mm. the roaring of a wolf. I'm I'm not sure the ability, the the mental faculties of a of a bear being able to recognize that. But apparently, it's working. That's good. it. Does scare off bears. So I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's what well, they have it sitting over a loudspeaker. And its legs go into metal poles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and... Does it need to be that? Couldn't it just be the speakers? Yeah, I don't (laughs) know what they're doing with this thing. This is stupid. There's no way a bear would see that and be like, oh, better get the fuck out of here. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I was like, he looks up and he sees this fucking wolf. He's like, oh, fuck. Come to the wrong area. Shit. That looks I don't so even dumb. think they'd be able to f- properly uh, filter that, Im- you know, what it, the, the imagery of it. Would they be yeah, able I, to I, understand we, what it, what it is? I guess they know what they're doing, but the mouth glows red. What and the wolf eyes in nature? Yeah, yeah, and the eyes. What wolf in nature? The, the the mouth and eyes glow the same color, dark red. <laughs> Like a, a bear would look at that and be like, what the fuck is that? Come over and smell it and be like, oh, I just knocked this thing over. But maybe from a distance they see it and then the. But then wait a second. Wouldn't I. Look, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but wouldn't a bear easily defeat a wolf? Yeah, I don't think they're too worried about a singular wolf. And so when the infrared sensors detect a wild animal or human close by, the robot shakes his head. And lets out a roar. Roar. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, it seems to be working. So, like, I think these, uh, yeah, the university guys there, Hokkaido University and the Tokyo University of Agriculture, either they have scientific evidence to support their construction of this robotic wolf. Or they're just 
They're just fucking geeks that just wanted to make a fucking robotic wolf. I don't know. You know what? Uh, you know who could use this? The Saitama police who do those stakeouts. Shrines. <laughs> Yeah, they so could use it with a shri- <laughs> outside the shrine. Yeah, they yeah. just put that. Woo! <laughs> oh, no, fuck. Just... I was going to take like 100 yen. Fuck. <laughs> I'm rethink my life choices. <laughs> That's a good way to end. All right. All right. Until, until next time. All right.